Hello and welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast. My name is Lisa Bartlett, your host for these podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me once again. I super appreciate it. The response to last week's podcast was just off the charts. I just cannot thank you all enough for reaching out to me. Um, I received several thank yous for being willing to say some of the things I said. Um, I'm sure we all go through struggles like that, and I think it's always super important for all of us to share as much as we feel comfortable with with one another in an effort to make us all better. I do know the best things I've learned in life (laughs) or in running this business have been through just communication and listening to other people. So um, I just it's just super important. And to the degree that you feel comfortable sharing your experiences with the rest of us, it is just amazing. Um, uh, Frank, my husband has says it's one of his favorite little lines, but his one of his favorite lines is, um, you don't have to have all the good ideas in the world, you just have to be able to identify the good ones. Um, but the only way you can even get to that point of identifying a good idea is if we're sharing them with one another. Um, I do think that is the best path forward for our industry to be successful and more cohesive and more communication is just to not worry so much about, you know, uh, information getting into the wrong hands or whatever. Okay. I mean, we should be worried about it a little bit, but for the most part, I do think we all benefit more, the more sharing and, uh, conversations and communication we have. They don't all have to be near as public as I tend to do them, but, um, even just one-on-one conversations with people that you're close to in the industry can make such a huge difference. In fact, I just got off the call, a call with a fellow lighting showroom who's implementing this really great idea um, that I'm super excited to try myself. Um, if you're a member of the Lighting Showroom Association, um, I'm going to get back with her, but maybe I'm going to post it up into our showroom group. Um, so if you're not a member, please join and you can get an excellent idea. <laughs> um, and you can find us, uh, you know, on Facebook website. I did start a, a Instagram for this uh, podcast, so um, you can follow it directly. And I'll be posting there when new episodes are up. Uh, new episodes are live every Tuesday morning. Um, I did also start a Patreon if you want to just support this podcast. And uh, once we get some supporters on Patreon, there's some bonus episodes and there's some swag you'll get and that kind of fun stuff. But the uh, Light Files Instagram is at Light Files. Um, so you can follow us there or you can follow me at Lisa Lights Life um, and message me on either of those platforms. And I really appreciate it. So today we're kind of doing a little bit of a revisit of a uh, two topics that I've talked about recently. The first we're going to revisit is restock fees, only because I heard from a few manufacturers and um, they said that a lot of the points that uh, were discussed in the previous podcast were dead on. So I think that's really great feedback to know. Um, But a few things were said that I thought were, you know, interesting and I had some no duh moments about a couple of them, but still super helpful to hear. The first thing that someone said to me that I was like, oh, yeah, Oppy. Um, unless there's a manufacturing issue, like a factory has done something wrong, manufacturers are stuck with goods. 
<laughs> they don't have a return process to send product back to factories wherever they're made um, overseas or, you know, even if it's a made in America product, you know, there's nowhere else for it to go. <laughs> it just lend, lands back at them um, as they originated the product. So then manufacturers are assuming that risk and cost of overstock or stocking to meet sales needs on product that hasn't been test driven yet. So, um, you know, they're bringing all these products in, uh, maybe there isn't a market or market hasn't happened yet, or they want to be able to deliver products before market. So it's not like they're going to wait for us to go to market in January or June and then release their orders into production. They want to have it in their warehouses before that. Um, any gambles that they take on bringing product in, um, Whatever the result of that is, good or bad, the manufacturers uh, are stuck with that product. And, you know, like a showroom, there are things you can do. Um, it's not like you're fully just 100% stuck with goods, but um, it, it's just something to bear in mind uh, for showrooms, especially like there is, even though we all face kind of the same issues on different scales you know, this is a real challenge for manufacturers and, you know, showroom owners or managers or sales consultants, we know how difficult it can be to predict what customers are going to want. You know, um, you bring a, a chandelier in and you think black is the right finish for that chandelier. It is just what's going to sell. You bring it in, you put it on display. Everyone loves it, but nobody wants it in black. They want it in brass. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> you know, if you brought it in, you backed it up, but you're not selling in your backup. You're just special ordering new. At least we have the opportunity to do that. Factories, manufacturers a little more constrained in that. So it's just something interesting to bear in mind. Uh, but I do think a lot of the answer to this restock question and a lot of questions and issues in our industry is that we really just have to forge genuine real partnerships with uh, the distribu distribution channel, uh, independent lighting showrooms, and the manufacturers that support or are part of our channel. Um, and maybe the factories and manufacturers that I have a relationship with are going to be different than the ones that you have a relationship with for a variety of reasons. I'm located on the East Coast. I you know, want to be able to get product quick. So maybe I care more about uh, businesses that have, it's easier for me to don't care more about, but it's easier for me to partner with manufacturers that have strong East Coast distribution as opposed to West Coast distribution. That's not a hard and fast rule. It's just an example of like why those partnerships might be different for each showroom. But when you have those real solid partnerships, you can work on these issues that will boost your margins inside a showroom. So we showrooms need to be asking our best partners, you know who they are, you know who your top 10 lines are out of your store, ask your best partners about their policies and see if there isn't something that you can work out or adjust to make things better for you both. Some people might say, no, this just is our policy. It is what it is. Take it or leave it. And that's fine. Everyone can choose however they want to do business. Uh, but it's always worth the ask. And it's worth finding out where might there be a wiggle room. Um, like, for instance, if you don't ever use, like, co-op money. Like, I'm just never going to use that. Can we just take whatever co-op money I might get as a customer and roll that into, like, some allowance for restock or something? Um, 
you know, I think we all maybe need to think creatively and support one another in this way. And again, as much as I want uh, manufacturers to do everything they can to support independent lighting showrooms, if they're going to support that channel of distribution, um, showrooms in turn need to turn that right back around and support the manufacturers that are supporting them, um, the ones that are truly doing it, and um, we'll all be the better for it. So just a little revisit on uh the restock fees and everything it's just um it is a big issue it's kind of a tangled mess um i know when showrooms talk about rgas uh we have a tendency to get all negative about it and i'm sure manufacturers do too just because again nobody likes returns nobody likes having to you know have sold something made that money and then turns around turn around uh turns out you didn't make it you're giving it all back and there's these fees it's just um nobody likes it so we just have to find the best ways we can to deal with something that nobody's a fan of. The other thing I wanted to circle back on was these conversations we've been having about um, data and the importance of data in our industry. Um, I just, it keeps in various uh, conversations I'm having with other showrooms and reps and, um, you know, partners in our industry it just keeps coming back to we just have an issue with good available data in our industry. And I'm sure there's a whole host of reasons for this. Like, I'm sure it's not one thing. And I'm sure it varies by manufacturer. Maybe manufacturer A does have a staff person who works full time on, you know, applying descriptions and pictures and dimensions and lamping and has all that information ready to go to distribute to um, XO Lights America to showrooms themselves and they are just on it. But then there's other manufacturers maybe that don't have uh, uh, an investment in like one person or a group of people to do that thing and it's just kind of something that a a bunch of people work on and so it's not just as polished or detailed as it needs to be. And the real point I want to make here is that I don't think I can overstress (laughs) the importance of good data in the showroom when you're trying to make a sale. So I'll just pick on an example in my own showroom. If I'm uh, working with a customer and they want a product, you know, like something that we saw on display, but that one's just not quite it. So we'll invite them to come work with us at the sales counter. Okay, so this is the one you like. So let's look for fixtures like that. We input those parameters. Fixtures come up right there. If the data feed from the manufacturer doesn't contain clear, accurate information about the size, the finish, the style of fixtures, they're going to be excluded from that search and they will never hit our radar screen. It's... It's not like it was when I started in this, when, you know, I'd lay out, you know, my top 10 catalogs and we'd just flip through and you're basically going to kind of see everything from those brands. It just doesn't work that way anymore. It's all very digital, online based. You know, people are comfortable browsing the website. So they're going to come sit with a salesperson and browse through my company's website. And that's how they're going to make their fixture selection. So right off the bat, if you haven't, if the manufacturer hasn't provided great data, on those points I just mentioned, they're never going to show up in the data search and there's never going to be a possibility that I'm going to sell that product. 
It's just not going to happen. There's so many options out there. The customer will find something else. So manufacturer A, who didn't provide that data, has missed the boat. (laughs) Okay, let's say manufacturer uh, B did provide all that information. They did show up in the search. That's great. But then the customer wants additional details about a product. So we'll say we're looking at integral LED fixtures. And uh, so we, we, you know, we find a fixture they think they like. We're looking at it. We look at the details on the lamping of the integral LED fixture. And maybe it doesn't say the lumen output or the color temperature of the light source. And the customer doesn't want to sit there while we, you know, make a phone call or try to go to the manufacturer's website to figure out what that information is. Or say the, ma- the customer is, you know, shopping from home on the website, finds a fixture, has these questions, and the details aren't readily there. And so they can't, you know, they can't decide if it's something they're interested in or not. And it's after business hours, there's nobody to pick up the phone and call. Even though we have a live chat on our website, they could ask questions. There's just all of these roadblocks. Like I just keep going down this laundry list of like roadblocks to a sale that the lack of information throws up. Even just having to wait for a sales consultant to you know pull a catalog or um, call a manufacturer. Not every customer is willing or able to sit there while we we do that to get the information that they need. And maybe by then they've kind of lost interest or they've moved on to something else. And again, the bottom line is the manufacturer that didn't have all that information there has lost the sale and it's going to somebody else. That's good for the somebody else who has their act together and has all this information put together. But, you know, it can be frustrating and it can especially be frustrating if the manufacturer's product that didn't have the complete information is actually the one that the customer really liked the best, but then they move on to something else that maybe wasn't their top choice, but because all the information was there and they felt more comfortable about handing over their credit card or checkbook to make that sale. It's just, I just don't think I could overstate how important this is. Um, The Lighting Showroom Association, we're going to be putting together something on this soon, um, like in a really formalized way. So I'm sure you'll hear from me on this topic again, or at least on some videos online um, of really what we think are the keys to quality data in our industry. Um, I don't know how many of you listening to this podcast are also in the fixture finder group on Facebook. Um, It's uh, lighting fixture and fan finder for ILS standing for independent lighting showrooms. Um, So if you want to join, please join. But in that fixture finder group, you can see the importance of great data and data that is managed really well just by the fixtures that people are constantly asking for help identifying. A lot of those fixtures come from, well, like restoration hardware, which is their own thing, of course. But a lot of those fixtures come from, and I'm going to name check, and I don't normally do this, but a lot of them come from Shades of Light. And I have to tell you, Shades of Light is killing it in the data department and getting their website, you know, up to snuff. And they take all of the manufacturer's products. They take their own images of everything. They change the part numbers. They change the description. They just make it like a lot of it is the same product that I can get in my showroom, aside from their exclusive product, of course. 
So a lot of it's the same product that I have access to, but it's like a whole thing <laughs> to identify and figure out what it is. And, oh, that's this manufacturer. I got it now. But you can tell by just how consumers are drawn to that website and how frequently it comes up as a question of what is the shades of light fixture. I need help identifying the shades of light fixture. It's just amazing to me. Um, and it just keeps coming back to in my head. I'm like, well, they've they've just got this down pat and they have um, a staff that can help them, uh, you know, get the data that they're receiving and the, probably the similar data feeds that, you know, come into for my website, but they can manipulate them and make them better, stronger, whatever. And it really works for them, makes their website easy to shop. It makes it enjoyable to shop. Customers like it. That's why they keep going back to it. And I think if we want to get the rest of the independent lighting showroom community up to snuff, then the goal needs to be for all of the data that I have in my showroom through whatever service I choose to be at that same high quality level so that it, you know, instead of showing up on page 10 of Google results, you know, maybe we've got a fighting chance <laughs> of being up there higher. So it's just super, super important. The data and how it's uh, deployed is like our, just our biggest leverage, um, whether it's you know, inside the showroom and the little scenarios I was describing uh, on our social media, like it's so important to the showroom's successful selling of your product <laughs> to customers. However, we do that, whether it's social media, in-store, via the website, um, it's just super, super critical to what we do, having great data feeds and to be able to manipulate a data feed in a way that works best for you. You know, if you have a website where a thousand products are called five blade fan, um, well, that doesn't really help too much. <laughs> you know, we need a little more detailed description, you know, uh, ad identifying features, that kind of thing. But anyway, even just having data where you can adjust to whatever level works for your showroom is super important too. Cause maybe there are some showrooms that do want to have everything pretty, pretty generic and that's fine. Um, it might be what they found a, a, a really great way to make that work for them and, and more power to them. So um, just having the ability to, to really do anything you want in that range is just, it, it's just critical. And I think whatever, we can invest as an industry in that is going to make us all stronger An investment by manufacturers will pay off in better sales through the showrooms. Showrooms are going to have an easier time doing digital marketing, the better their data feed is in. It's just going to, uh, I think in a lot of ways, elevate the whole sh independent lighting showroom distribution network. And it seems like such a little thing to keep harping on and to go on for another nearly 20 minutes about, but I just can't tell you how much I see this being really, really critical to our future and future success. So that's it on that. But I would love your feedback on um, that topic and any of the others I've discussed. Um, please tell your friends <laughs> in the lighting industry and beyond if they might be so interested in our podcast. Um, 
like, subscribe, rate, review, all of those things for The Light Files. And again, follow the podcast on Instagram at Light Files. Um, be sure to message me. I'd love to hear from you if you have any topics um, that you are interested in for future podcasts that you want me to do some research on and discuss, or if you have some information about something that you want to share with me. Of course, I don't need to identify um, who where the information came from, but I'd be happy to, to hear all input. It really um, helps. And I think, again, this communication thing, hearing your feedback really helps inform the things that um, we can all talk about and learn from. And I think that's super important and uh, just delighted to hear from anyone who has any feedback or information to share. It, uh, it just makes us all better and stronger. And I think that's super, super important. For those of you that are Lighting Show Association members, be on the lookout for that post on um, a great tip for getting some new business in your showroom. Um, we'll post that up soon and thanks everyone for listening. I hope everyone has a great day and week and I will see you back here next Tuesday. Take care.